Today on Talk About That, we try to remember who shot JR on the 80s TV show Dallas. Then I have a strange encounter with two artists while out biking, and I remember a time when people were shamed for having brown eyes. Meanwhile, John is upset about the state of modern sweatpants and his tiny legs, and also gives a harrowing update about his recent health scare. Today's episode is not sponsored by Faxes, like an email but with 100% more garbage. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Let's go. We went away so you could miss us. It's John and Johnny on Talk About That. Too late, John. They've already, in the two weeks we've been gone, they have found a new true crime podcast. (laughs) They're addicted. Yeah. They're already like, who killed Marjorie Lane? (laughs) You know, and then they become, you know, it's like the, remember the Twin Peaks, Laura Palmer? Were you around for that? I'm five years older than you. I didn't do a lot of Do you remember that? Well, I didn't watch it, but I remember the phenomenon was every week was like, who killed Laura Palmer? And it became like a... I oddly enough remember the Dallas who killed Jr. Who shot Jr. He didn't Sorry. die. Oh, my bad. I don't think he died. Maybe I did Did he die? Then. No, I don't think he did. I think you're right. I, we don't remember if Jr. died. Because it was, was who shot Jr. not who killed him. So I think he yeah. lived. I wonder if that was like the, one of the first times there was like this cross-cultural marketing mm-hmm. for a show. Because you didn't have social media to do that with. So it was like yeah. in all the magazines and... yeah. Do you know, I was, so I was watching a thing on the plane about that. Uh, if you watch the little Southwest, they have a couple of programs that are made just for the plane. Yeah. You know, for like, because you can't find them anywhere. And Rob Lowe hosts these, hey, remember the 80s kind of a thing? Yeah. And it's the top 10 blank of the 80s. One of them was fashion, you know, trends. Yeah. And one of them was like cultural moments. And one of them was like TV moments. And Who Shot JR was like number three. Wow. And... They were talking about it, and I remember it as a kid. I never watched Dallas. It was a little bit of a grown-up kind right. of a show for me. Not that I couldn't have watched it, but I just wasn't interested in it. Like right. that and Dynasty and Falcon Crest and those kind of shows just felt like whatever. It's There's like, nighttime soap operas. Nighttime soap operas, yeah. yeah. But I do remember it was a phenomenon. Like, who shot JR? And people talking about it. Right. And even people who didn't watch the show were like, oh, I want to find out. And uh, But anyway, they talked about it on the show that I was watching, and some of the people who were involved with it said that the writers were just coming to the end of the season and they just built in this cliffhanger of like the, I don't know if the ratings were lagging, but they thought we're kind of static. Yeah. It's like season three or whatever. They go shoot somebody. And then it became like, who do we shoot? (laughs) And so they said, what about Jr? He's the villain or whatever. And so they shot Jr. With no idea, with no idea where they were going to take it. Because they had they had uh, you know eight weeks of summer, 
or three months of summer to like figure out where does it go from here? And in that three months, they just kept it going of like, you know, and they didn't know, <laughs> which is so great. Uh, that'd be terrifying as a writer for me. Like, uh, but some people are deadline oriented. Don't you think there are people who are like, no, that gives better. them there. I think I do better on a deadline for sure. I do. I just told a friend. I'm if I work- feel like I'm going to disappoint people if I don't create See, something. I, I don't think it's that for me. I think it's just like I, I need this is on my responsibility list. Yeah. Like and that I, doesn't do it for me. <laughs> I need to feel like people are going to be hurt and harmed by my lack of creativity. No, no, no. For me, it's all about. No, I, I just assume people are not going to really care about my creativity. It's just going to be a matter of. What, I, what I've committed to, what I'm responsible for. I think I'm afraid of failing in a very public way or not living up to my potential in a very public way. Yeah. Like if I know I've been to a place before and they want me to, me to come back a year later, they go, we got to have you back. You go, you go no, it's, it's not it's ready. Too soon. And they go, no, you, we, we've looked around. No, we want you. You were the thing that people remembered most. I mean, I've had people say this. I mean, it's not everybody, but you have sometimes people that just go, they, you're the one. Okay. And you take the money, and then that two weeks before, I'm like, I gotta. You're like panicking. You're like, what did I do then? What can I do new? Yeah. Because you don't want them to be. Your worst fear is them going, yeah, I remember that from last year. Like, uh-huh. that would be just a gut punch. Right. It was kind of funny then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that only happened to me one time. Oh, really? It was with the marriage event we did. Yeah. And what they really said was, since you guys came five years ago mm-hmm. the the most well-received most requested speaker i think what he said was you guys but really it was laura oh and I so was like i'm fine with that can yeah. i tag along you know and yeah. do some sessions you know so but there was pressure i remember she was pressure i was like honey you know just oh she was afraid that she would not have like brand new fresh just go to your deaf comedy jam thing again like you did last time you know yeah because she absolutely. had them rolling i couldn't hear what she was saying in the other room they were jumping like, up and high-fiving each other running like, out of the room dude people were freaking out they saw there. a david blaine magic trick it was like that church scene from the blues brothers like it was mm-hmm. like there was stuff going on in there uh-huh and i was in there with the guys talking about my set was like the chicken wire scene from the blues brothers <laughs> there were just people throwing and things getting lodged into the chicken like, wire why didn't they serve so so much beer yeah. at this conference. Why would listen? Yeah. Wisconsin's a different place. Oh, they like their beer in Wisconsin. They do. We were just in St. Louis, by the way, over the weekend. Yeah, and which is also like, like I would love to hear from our sort of Milwaukeean, Milwaukeeanites. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Milwaukeegan. No. Milwaukee around. Milwaukeegan is a city. Milwaukee around the city. Yeah. At any rate, I would like to know, like, sort of, if there is a cultural competitive spirit beer wise and i think on one of the foods that built america i might have seen some of this between mm-hmm. st louis and milwaukee yeah because you have the whole anheuser-busch right have you ever been on the tour before no it's unbelievable wouldn't have, wouldn't have interested me though because i'm not a i'm not a but drinker. it's not really about the beer i mean it's it's a it's a spectacle of, but if you drink beer it's probably more interesting i'd say yeah you would know how it's made and all but like it's a spectacle. Quit trying to of get technology. me to drink, John. Johnny, just drink this beer. It's right here. I'm throwing this bottle. <laughs> Either you drink this or I'm throwing this bottle at the chicken wire. Um, and then, of course, you know Milwaukee's that whole centerpiece of yeah. that as well. So it, it's um, isn't it's that where Laverne and Shirley? Wasn't that the Shots Brewery? Was uh, Milwaukee? We're gonna do it. I Give I us any chance, we'll take. <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna kick I in. Was, I was going for the next line. It was gone. <sighs> it's fine. It was. Put gone. the glove on the beer bottle as it, and they wave as yeah. it goes. Remember? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Laverne and Shirley. 
Well, we were at Bush Stadium. We went to St. Louis Cardinals game. I saw your clip, and you got you happened to be rolling when Pujols hit the homer. It wasn't just happened to be rolling. So, oh, you were rolling the whole game? No, no. But I knew (laughs) something might be about to happen. Wait, he's getting up there in age, so he's he's only got a few homers left in him. Probably one. You know, he's one year younger than me, Mm -hmm. and he probably has at least ten more home runs in him than I have in me left. Yes, I'd say at least. Uh huh. Um, But we win. It was a rain delayed game. So we have Sadie, we have some younger cousins. It was a Lars family reunion side. We weren't, we were great seats. You saw where the, the video was taken from. Yes. So her brother had, had kind of found these great seats for us, but we were all kind of spread out. Hour and a half rain delay. Oh, no. So I don't know how much more money that stadium made. Oh, right, because people go to the concessions. I mean, people just started buying beer and hot dogs. Do they, they cut people off at a certain no, inning? No, man, are you kidding? You just let them... People are just... I mean, there's nothing else to do. Yeah. They're just walking around, eating and drinking up there. I mean, they probably made an extra, I'd say, million dollars that day, just mm. on the rain delay. So it's no wonder, because like, well, this is inefficient. You know, we should find another way. How about an indoor stay? And they're like, no, man, let the rain delays keep coming. That's a good point. So, oh, that would pay for the roof. Yeah, anyway. St. Louis is not like a great weather town that you would want an open-air stadium. It's like the Titan Stadium. We should have a covered stadium. Nowadays, we should. It's we're freezing. Like, we're the new tornado alley. That's like, true, and it's America. freezing downtown. Once you get in, into the, seed, yeah. into the season, it's like, come on, man. Covered, was, covered roof. I mean, it was, yeah, it was very foggy. Of course, you can see the arch from the stadium. It's yeah. really cool. You ever been in the stadium, the new stadium? No. It's really, really cool. I've never seen a professional base. Oh, wait, I take that back. I went to the Tampa Bay Stadium when we were on that missions trip, and we went to the ball game as a part of that. Oh, wow. Which is what you do on missions trips. You that. go, hey, kids, uh, <laughs> now that we've painted these houses for uh, the underserved people, hey, who wants to go to the water park? <laughs> who wants to spend $200 <laughs> to go to a game? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, we got like $10 tickets to the Tampa Bay Rays, and we melted it was the oh it was yeah the, it was July or whatever and it was brutal it was awful everybody was hiding under the tunnel it and was, going to get our little lemon ice yeah we were we were snacks. like literally like like huddling together in the shade yeah. yeah so well this was not that no you guys had it there made. was rain yeah and we hung out inside they roll out the tarp they did big tarp people come yep. out yep. so we hung out got to hang out you know and when we went back out of course you had to dry your seat off and everything and it kept raining the whole game on and off but not. Like it had. Mm-hmm. Hey, let him play. Johnny, let him play. That's what I say. I mean, let's let him play. And it was one of those for my daughter's, this was her second pro baseball game. She went to an Atlanta game with her volleyball team a couple of years back when we were down there for a tournament. But these were like real seats, and this is our team. We, we love the Cardinals, and her whole family loves the Cardinals. And if you're going to take your kid to see a baseball game, it was the worst in terms of her not understanding. It was zero to zero in the bottom of the eight. Oh, no. Like, the pitchers just pitched really well, and the defense played really well. So they, they had yeah. hits. We got men on base. Was we she just, getting bored? I don't know. She didn't say she was. Well, we were all like, maybe we should, you know. Oh, y'all were starting to think about hitting the old, beating traffic. Beat the, you know, kind of like, hey, she's like, well, her other cousin who didn't go was not going to be back to the hotel yet. She was shopping. She's like, oh, I'll just be sitting around the hotel anyway. So I had heard, though, when I was out uh, getting some concessions, they said, you know, Pujols, technically Pujols played the night before yeah. at a night game. And so he and Molina, who are both retiring, and maybe Wainwright as well, mm-hmm. are they don't play the next day game if they just play the night before. I mean, they're older and they kind of rest them, you know, for the next game. But they could bring him in. You know, he's only DH or whatever. right now. Right. Like, he's not in the lineup. He's That's a designated hitter for those people of you who, who don't. don't so. Abla, baseball. But, so he comes in 
and I was like, well, that might, if they bring pools in, it's going to be, we're going to freak out, you know, because in case you don't know, favorite son of St. Louis who left, yes, he was took there. the money and went to the angels and never was quite the same. Well, they, you know, they, he had a good career, but I'm saying like when he took that big contract, he never quite lived up to that gigantic contract after he left St. Well, Louis, they, but in St. Louis, he was like surefire yeah. hall of famer, million home runs. He was going to be a Hall of Famer either way, but right, yes. right, right. Yeah, he's he's that's his. But place. now he's come back he to kind of retire there and have his number retired and all that. Yeah, in St. Louis, and he's chasing 700 home runs. Yeah. which only three players: Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, and Babe Ruth have hit over 700. Yeah, and Barry Bonds has that little asterisk by it. Yeah, because of steroids, which we don't believe Pujols. No, we don't. Believe he's post steroid era, and they're okay. they're testing like crazy in yeah. his era. So. You so, don't believe that Pujols is taking any substances. I want this on the record. I don't think so. Okay. He's a big dude, John. Yeah. You think it's all... I do. All natural. I do. Because the babe was big, but he was big like I'm big. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure the pitching was coming in at 102 for the babe either. Yeah. But I mean, he was... I'm not diminishing the babe. Why do you hate Babe Ruth? I just can never forgive him for what he did to JR. That was the twist. I couldn't the believe The babe it. Ruth shot, shot JR. JR. So, but... I, he, sure enough, he comes out mm-hmm. the bottom of the eighth. There's one man on, and I was like, "There's no way this is happening." And so the crowd freaks out. Yeah, stands to its feet. We stand, and I kind of said a prayer, Johnny. I was like, "It'd be really cool, right, for my kids' sake." Yeah, because this will be like history. Uh-huh. His last year, he's five. Well, at that point, he's six home runs away. Yeah, you know, he steps up there. I mean, takes a full swing at the first pitch, mm-hmm. misses. And well, before he came out, the manager <laughs> for the Cubs came out and talked to they had a new pitcher in. Oh, another they were kind of giving him a little. Another like, guy had thrown eight scoreless or seven scoreless innings. Yeah. They put the new guy in to save the game to finish it. He comes in, and you could tell Pujols was coming up. And I asked my brother-in-law, he used to be a college pitcher. And I was like, "What do you think? The, what do you think the coach told him?" I was like, "Just say, hey, whatever you do, don't get jacked by Pujols. Like that's what right. you do. Whatever you do, right? Don't end up on Sports zero, Center here." Right? Yeah. He said, well, he probably told him, is that you got a base to give. You know, mm-hmm. if you didn't have that base to give, you just walk him. You got a base walk to give. Walk that preach. Come on now. Let's just, whatever you do, keep it keep it high. Yeah. Like, keep it high. Don't go low, you know. So the first one was high. He swung on it, missed it. And then he did not throw it high the second time. Mm-mm. There was your mistake. And he, he absolutely just jacked that ball. And that. And Sadie caught it in her hat. She caught it in her teeth. I couldn't believe it. Wow. Uninjured. That's not good for a kid. Uninjured. Wow, she's good. They hit it. I mean, dude, it, the crowd went crazy, man. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you, you know, of course. Then I had to explain to her later exactly the whole thing. And so they end up winning the game, right? Was that oh, like yeah, it was two nothing? Yeah, those those are the two runs, and we had just you know just to hold them off, don't hold them off, and then we had to have three outs in the top of the ninth, and that was it. So unbelievable. Yeah, you were there. I was there. Six ninety five. I'm not really a baseball guy, but I will watch the playoffs, and I've watched the World Series. Usually, I'll watch you know yeah. definitive games so i've seen like the kurt gibson hit yeah. and i've seen i watch that live which is unbelievable it's one of those things like i remember curry never watches football with me but then i remember one time i think we were newly married and i go let's watch this one game it's the titans and it was the music city miracle game <laughs> so then it was like amazing she every game she thought every game was going to be that <laughs> i remember hearing that about like dustin hoffman uh one of the first movies he did or maybe the first movie he did was the graduate Mm-hmm. So he just said, it set me up to be so let down when every director wasn't Mike Nichols and every movie right. was not The Graduate because it was so great. And the, the the environment on set, we knew we were making something amazing. Wow. So to just go take the money and do a crappy movie was so disillusioning to him. So that's what happened to her with football. She was just like, 
There's not going to be a last second lateral. And a, wow. <laughs> That's how you're going to feel when you do your next podcast. Yeah. You're like, I thought every podcast would be as fun yeah. and as successful as the one that I did mm-hmm. with John. You can only hope. And I don't know. Like, this is no, this is no miracle. <laughs> it's no the music city miracle but yeah so she i can't get her to watch all the time but baseball baseball is one of those sports where it's really really strategic and slow moving and the pace is different and you have to just settle into that yeah but then there's something amazing will happen that's historic and it's like it's like that thing you watch with your dad so you have that connection i think some people feel that way like the people who when the Cubs finally went to the World Series, like the people who took like a radio yeah. to their dad's gravesite, yeah, because their dad had lived his whole life since the Cubs had been to the World Series. Sure. So you take the radio and you listen to it with your dad. Like that's the kind of sport that baseball is. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, again, America's pastime. Would you yeah. still call it America's pastime, or would you? Say I mean, I think soccer has overtaken. You know, I mean, soccer is the most popular sport in the world. No, but NFL is the American pastime for sure. It's, it's the one we're thinking about fantasy football. It's yeah, it's it's, it's people. It's what people talk about around the water. Don't coolers. sleep on soccer, which is the time. I'm not sleeping book. on anything, John. Like, it's another one that's very. The pace of it is different, and it's hard for Americans to get into because we're very like uh, I don't know. We want. I thought it was hard for Americans scoring. to get into, but every American I know right now loves soccer. Well, we have the Nashville Soccer Club now, which we're the largest. Yeah. Indoor, sorry, the largest soccer-only stadium in America. Is it? Yeah. Look at that. So the others, there may be larger ones, but they're like dual use. And only $55 to park. Man. Because of Nashville. You Thank know you. what Andrew and Thanks, do. Nashville. They go and park like two miles away and ride their bikes in and chain them up. That's what Clever. Yeah, and it works. Look at and that. And then they miss all the traffic on the way home. They just ride back out to their car. So. Look at Andrew. With Leave the, it to Andrew. So tongue. I'm asking for one of those listeners to steal one of those bikes and bring it to me for a hundred dollars. Wouldn't it be great just to be like you thought you had the plan? He gets home, someone someone stole my bike. I'm like, you mean this bike? <laughs> and you got the <laughs> bolt cutters in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> bolt cutters uh, should be illegal, right? You would think so. Talk about like just handing out a way to commit crimes. Like there's a comedian named Kellen Erskine, and his drive-by went viral. But the bit that's I always remember is he goes. Bike lo- there's no reason bike locks should be legal. He goes, do you know how much power you wield with a bike lock? You can just walk by a Baskin Robbins and be like, you're closed. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's great. It really but yeah, is. but a pair of bolt cutters, you can just get whatever you want. Yeah. You can be like, oh, there's a impound lot. Not anymore. Clink. And then you're in. Yeah. I mean, you get might get run out of there, but. Well, yeah, they usually have other security measures. Besides but you got bolt cutters. You can take right. on a guy with a dog comes. You got a bolt cutter. Yeah, it's not. I would a... not want to face a Doberman with a pair of bolt, cut, bolt cutters or boat cutters. Boat cutters are a whole different. Right. Thing. They're huge. <laughs> oh my goodness! Know. You know, speaking of the Cubs, I don't know if you ever remember that. Uh, our friend John Kerry, nineteen oh eight. No, John, I wasn't around. Maybe you don't remember, but yeah. uh, John Kerry. Now he's on staff here. Like we started talking about church culture, mm-hmm. and we. We had this theory because things were going better yeah. at church at that moment. And we still had people that no matter what, it was like, it's still, yeah, but still, you know, it's not going to work out. Right. Like, and we called them church Cubs fans. Yeah. Because that was the year right after the Cubs won it. And there were these fans that they, up to the moment of the last out, they mm-hmm. could not believe it was possible. Yeah. They've been they so snake bit. Yeah. Yeah. They've been, I mean, it just was so, but they almost had developed an identity steeped in the negativity that was better to them mm-hmm. 
it's almost comforting. Yeah. Well, it's not going to work out, but we, you know, we at least have that. We're the most snake bit team. We're the most cursed right. team. If you're going to be the best at something, be the best at, at being, being the, the worst. worst. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were like, we think that there's like a, there's parallels in other parts. We certainly yeah. saw it in church of like, well, guys, yeah, we've had some hard times, but you know, hey, guys, the Cubs can, the Cubs did win eventually. I mean, you yeah, know, you got to believe in something, Johnny. You gotta, <sighs> John, I believe in you. Well, and uh, and Crystal Light, because <laughs> I believe in me. <laughs> Is that still the slogan? I don't think so. Okay, it was in the eighties and nineties. You know what I was thinking about in the eighties and nineties that. Uh, products that you don't see now it's like we have it's like a body positivity movement uh but i remember seeing these commercials for when color contacts came out do you remember these there was one that i remember like bausch and lom or whatever they released like color contacts and they go and this author was like described this narrator was like describing a girl almost like it was like he was reading a passage from a book uh-huh. and he goes her eyes were brown as brown as bark <laughs> and then they cut to her putting in these blue contacts and they go her eyes were blue as blue as the colors in a child's imagination and it was like you could be this great you know person that someone would write this great prose about if you only had blue eyes instead of your dumb brown eyes yeah i love brown eyes you that's what i'm saying like, brown eyed girl i just that's what i'm saying it's one of those things that you couldn't do that now right because people just go yeah i got brown eyes. brown eyes get off my back about yeah. <laughs> but you were like almost being trained to hate a uh, part of your body wow. for not being the right color. That reminds like, me. I have a so lot of people weird. to apologize to now. Because I have been mistreating brown-eyed people. Really? For, you know, my yeah, wife, come on, my Van, wife has brown eyes. Come on. Van Morrison was a fan. Brown-eyed girl. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Van Morrison was a fan of my wife? Where is he? Bring Where him is he? Yeah. Yeah, man. Which, you know, the... The whole we used to sing. Do you remember when we used they to used sing to sing Sha-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-di-da? Johnny, I didn't used to sing that. No. And is that what they really did in his childhood? Because I think that they, they were, were on drugs. They were running and jumping. Yeah, it was a very... They were doing some stuff behind the stadium that we don't want to yeah. talk about. Yeah. But anyway... So, yeah, we, it's so interesting to me. I remember that commercial, and I remember they ran it for months. Yeah. And I, it just kind of – they still make color contacts because I went and got glasses recently, and it was an option. Like, would you interested in color contacts? And I was like, I don't guess. I mean, what's, that's be, like if you're running from somebody. It'd be good if you're, you're, on the if you're fleeing, you know, like the U.S. Marshals <laughs> or something. That's it's like they should just be able to check that box. Are you wanted? Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, remember, I remember they came in like really wild colors, like purple. Like yeah. you just want to look part Timberwolf or something. You're just weird. <laughs> what are you doing? Nobody has purple eyes. Do Timberwolves have purple eyes? Maybe. Or you mean like the airbrush Timberwolf on it's someone's like a, shirt and from Gatlinburg. That's a purple eye hey, Timberwolf. Hey, are you a person? Are you the Aurora Borealis? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Nobody thinks you have real eyes if you're for purple. What are you, yeah. a White Walker? Sorry, it's a Game of Thrones oh. reference. I apologize. Sorry. I don't. We're not, it's not a sponsor. Isn't there a new one coming out? The House of the Dragon. Oh, uh, it's like a prequel. It's 150 years before oh, the events wow. of Game of Thrones. Yeah. So there's all these foreshadowing things, yeah. but also we've been watching it. I like it, but whatever. It's uh, violent. It's very violent, these shows. 
I don't. Um, you have to remember a lot of names. It's very. Oh, no, it's too much. It's the house of this and the house of that, and this person has the dragons. This person has the eggs. Consider this my yeah. wholehearted condemnation of you and your uh, viewing choices. I'm going to go ahead All right. and. All right, that's fine. You're like, yeah, I accept this. <laughs> I deserve it, probably. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I saw a strange thing the other day that I want to talk about, and then we're going to get into we're going to get into you, John. We need to come back around because we need to talk about the hiatus. And uh, mm-hmm. but hiatus. I saw the strangest thing. I still don't know how to describe it. It sounds like I'm making it up. It felt like I was in a Benny Hill sketch, <laughs> or like a Monty Python sketch. All right, I'm riding my bike. I'm on the Greenway in Nashville. And it's very beautiful out there. It's very there's a lot of vistas. Mm. And so I had not seen this before, but it did not surprise me. I look off to the left. There's a guy off to the left of the bike path, and he has set up uh he is facing away from me, so I'm coming at him, I'm seeing the back of his easel. Yeah. And he's painting, he's starting a painting. He's just kind of getting it ready, and I'm like, Okay, this is interesting. So when I go back, I look behind me to see like if he's got anything done and what he's look, yeah. there's mountains behind him, there's a golf course. Oh, well, this would be a nice painting. But he's not really got enough done to see anything. Okay. Well, I'll come back by maybe and see how he's doing. I keep going. He's on my left. Yeah. Okay. And he's painting what's behind me. I go f- 50 yards down, and I swear to you, off to the right of the path, there is another man with an easel. <laughs> he is painting, and he's kind of angled, you know, <laughs> also painting what's behind me. And I wanted so bad to look behind me and see that in his painting was the, man. Was the other man painting <laughs> the vista. Yeah. It was like it was like something like the Matrix or something. It was like I could just make a sketch by just rolling through and just showing those two things and just putting what I want yeah. on their easels. Yeah, it, it sometimes the jokes write themselves, but he wasn't. He was just painting. It's like two of you decided to paint fifty yards apart, right? So Why? one of them either intentionally yeah. set up in the other guy's uh-huh. point of view yeah, or the other guy set up intentionally to have the other painter in his point of view. Like either way, one of them made. Maybe they, maybe they knew each other. What would seem to be a silly choice. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was. It was a very silly Why don't you just go scenario. stand by each other and yeah. paint the same thing? It's one of those things where if I was going to set up a scenario where the, the one man is in the other man's painting, I would cancel it in my mind i'd be like this is too much work just for this dumb one gag yeah that's yeah. how silly it was i was like i would not even waste the time to load all the easels and the tripods right. in my car to take it down here just for this one dumb joke but you're not but it wasn't a joke you, they were doing it you're they not were a painting. comedic artistic mastermind like them though you know that's what true saying? you don't focus your jokes in the well it stuck out of my memory I remember, I remember thinking this is really bizarre and but uh, did you get a picture of it that's what i would know a picture of, i was on my bike and it's just very like yeah. i would have had to get off and, and here's the thing i'm clipped in we've talked about this before right. but i clip in so you got to remember to clip out and you can't just like decide to like i'll stop here you'll just fall over See, so that's terrifying to me. I don't want to. That's why you got to turn your heel and clip out. No, I need to be running where I can. And I hadn't been riding a lot. Jump into the ditch to avoid cars. Exactly. And stuff. I do that a lot. Do you? I do cars, and I get real. You jump into the ditch when you go running. If they get anywhere near me, yeah, like I, I, you I just re- barrel roll down a hill. No, I mean usually I. So you obviously run against traffic. You seem pretty skittish. Um, are you afraid they're just going to swerve? Have you been? Have you had near misses? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I've had cars that I thought were way too close. People, I don't think, pay attention. When you're inside your car, it's like your own world. Near Misses would be a great show, by the way, about, like, broken engagements. Yeah. Like a reality show yeah, called Near Misses. Near Misses. 
Okay, go ahead. Keep going. But I don't think that they inside their car, especially younger drivers, I think who are learning, like realize exactly like, you know, inside here, you're not Mm -hmm. in a different universe. Like you, like I'm teaching Sadie how to drive. And so she actually does better in my truck because she sits up high and she can kind of look and see, but I put her in my car. She really didn't like it. She can't see. But that's the thing. These people that are up high there, you're more likely to hit a young person. You know that right now you're like, 300 times more likely to kill a toddler if you're in one of these big high-up SUVs. Well, a lot of people think they're very dangerous. I'm speaking more about, though, being able to see the edge of your car. Yeah. You know, I don't think but that's, that's just about the hood the distance. size and shape, too, think, right? I don't think that they can judge the distance as much. But there are some cars, like they're coming, so I always look back the other way to see mm-hmm. if another car... It, Johnny, I want to tell you, it's almost statistically impossible in my mind. How often I will go running, maybe in the morning when there's mm-hmm. not many cars out, I won't see a car. And when I finally see a car coming my way... yeah. In a, a stretch where there's been no cars, I will turn back and another car will be coming at exactly the same time and they happen to They're pass each cross, other yeah. exactly where I am. Like out of 10 cars that pass me, I would say four of them do that and the other six don't. I mean, so what, you think that... I don't know. I think that they're all communicating. They're trying to... Like, hey, what time are you leaving? Now, I don't know how they let's do Let's reconvene it. it. Yeah. They have to be like, tracking me with like GPS or something to make this happen, but Johnny... It's like the it's Truman like the, Show. It's happening. It's like that intersecting vision test. Brian Regan used to have a bit about that, about tell me when A crosses over B. And you're like, they pass now. You're, like, <laughs> you're afraid you're not going to get it right and get some kind of weird Hubble telescope glasses just because you got it wrong. But yeah, so those those car, cars are passing you. So they have to then I co- have correct to get, for you or you have, have to, to correct for them. Yeah, I get out of the way at that point. You just roll in the but ditch. But when someone comes and they don't swerve at all. Whenever there's nothing coming the other way, yeah. I, I get a little belligerent. Like that's one of the times I'm like, dude, get I, over a little bit, right? I'll stand behind them with my arms in the air, and oh, then I realize wow. I'm Look, that guy. You're that guy. I mean, like you put my life in danger, and if I hadn't been paying attention, then both of us, our lives would have been ruined. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's that's a little. I'm saying it out loud, but it's what I do sometimes. And then I'm like, oh man, I'm supposed to be praying, and then I'm like, oh man. Well, then maybe that's how you pray, hands in the air like that. Hey, like, look at hey. that guy behind me. He's praying for me <laughs> as I almost hit him. It just makes me... If I'm ever out driving and I see you jogging, <laughs> it's going to be really hard for me not to <laughs> tap the old horn and give you a little uh, what for. I'll see you coming a long way. Like, I, I, I usually am paying You won't, though, because I got the hybrid. It's very quiet. Dude, I almost... You can't hear my car running. <laughs> I'm just going to be right behind you. Like, like, ah! Just lay on the horn. <laughs> it, there was a... I was coming over a hill one time going the other way, mm-hmm. and someone, I thought, they came over the hill crossed the double yellow line and I felt that they may not have been as close as it felt because I wasn't expecting them yeah. out of sight but it got like I felt the wind that freaked me out pretty these good these people who live on these windy roads those double lines are just suggestions to right. them they, just, they, they, they think they, they know the road they think that they know the patterns so they're like yeah. ah, nobody's out here I'm just going to hover in the middle somewhere right and little do they know that there was a how would you describe me let's be careful here uh, chicken legged no little John that I guy. think your legs are pretty normal. Laura mm. <laughs> bought me a pair of of these. Listen, are they socks that are chicken legs? Yeah, no. Have the, you seen those? They're socks that look like chicken legs. Oh, on them. They're those. white, but they have a little chicken leg I, and they have feet that look like the. Please, I gotta have some. <laughs> yeah, if there's I've a listener who loves me, send yeah, one. Yeah, come on. But I the, 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 so. I do have, like, my ankles are like the size of my daughter's wrists. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're small. Mm -hmm. And uh, runner's legs. We can call it that if you want. Well, but you don't have big calves. Yeah. Runners runners don't have big calves. No, like, basketball players have big calves. (sighs) I like to say runner's legs. It's an easier way to say. You look like a guy who was forced to run a long time. (laughs) 
you know, and and deprived of food and water. Like he had to get the contacts that are not the color of his eyes. You're on the run, was, but you're not. You're under duress, right? Like Tommy Lee Jones was on my trail. Yeah, you're and, not training. You're just running, right? <laughs> <laughs> From something, and uh, so you and I are of are of the '90s generation. And and even my brother-in-law, Greg, who's a friend of yours as well, we were talking about this this week. He's like, he can't buy shorts anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't find shorts that what we would consider to be just normal length. Yeah. They're all like short shorts now. Right. And they all are like pink with with blue uh, flamingos on them. Yeah. Or blue with pink flamingos on them. It's right. It's like, I, I'd like just a normal pair of black shorts that, you know, not to go all the way past my knees or something, but, you know. Yeah, I don't like John. I don't show a lot of thigh. I don't know. What, I didn't love the '90s version of like NBA though, where it was like these balloony. Yeah, I don't want them like past down, your knees. Yeah, they also came like back. Of course, in the Magic Johnson era, was like short shorts, booty shorts. Somewhere in between is yeah. where you know. Mm-hmm. Again, our whole fashion philosophy is is what helps me not be noticed. Yeah, right. I want to blend in. Right. It's, Less flamingos. Fewer flamingos. You already have the legs of flamingo. You don't, don't need. <laughs> you're just drawing more attention to it. I think that guy's a flamingo. I'm not sure he's a... Sweetie, I was on the road today. I think I almost hit a flamingo in Mount Juliet. Yeah. He's wearing... He stood up on one leg. He held his arms in the air. He's (laughs) shouting angrily at me. A talking flamingo. His mighty wings. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well. And so, the sweatpants, if you call them that, that are out these days. Joggers. sorry. Yeah. They're tight. They are like baggy up around your waist area. Uh Uh-huh. And then they just taper into like... Mm -hmm. Tube socks around your ankles. They are. They're tube socks, and they're very, yeah, it's very, uh, she's a maniac on the floor. You feel like you're. Yeah. Like you're in a, yeah. You're going to drape yourself over a chair, and water will fall from the sky. So Laura bought me a pair of these. Okay. And she's like, hey, and I just kind of looked at them and kind of, I try not to roll my eyes. I try to remain very open-minded and open-handed, open-hearted. Yeah. Because. Because it's free sweatpants. Because I'm always like, hey, here's the deal. You're going to tell me what looks good or not. I'm not going to decide. Yeah, we stopped trusting. She's, listen, she's never led you astray. No, and we stopped trusting my opinion of these things. I can see the pictures now. I can look back. I look what at if she said here. you need to get the flamingo pink and the blue? If she would said she it, like, I would probably protest and do it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It'd be like, look, I'm going to regret this in a picture someday. So she could technically do this and then be laughing behind your Absolutely. back. Absolutely. Yeah. But the only thing is, it makes her look bad if I look dumb. That's you true. know what I'm saying? So yeah. I know that there's some self preservation. You see all these involved. videos of the woman by the wives who all hang out together. By the way, have you seen all these videos where they. They say, hey, let's all get together. We're all going to get together. And then the guys show up one by one, all wearing the same shirt. And it's a big gag by the women. <laughs> There's like four or five of these videos. It's so funny. There's one from like Sweden. Oh, and you hear funny. these like Swedish people. <laughs> and the one more shows up and it's a striped like dress shirt. And wow. everyone, and as every person walks into the restaurant five minutes behind the next, <sighs> they all just at the table, they go, oh, and they just put their face in their hands like another one. And the women just love it. Because it's true. You could just go, hey, wear this shirt wear to this. church. You know, we're, we're meeting here. I got you a new shirt and put it on. Well, and normally she'll be like, because she knows, she knows that I'm a fragile eggshell of yeah. emotions on those things. You know, yeah. less, but I'm just like, I don't like anything. If anything right. makes me feel uncomfortable, I'm like, yeah, I'm not wearing it. Yeah. I have a closet full of things I don't wear. Yes. Because maybe once a year do I feel comfortable enough. Like Easter is the only time I'll put a pastel on. Yeah. Like or I, even yeah. then, I'm like, oh. you guys, Miami Vice. Do I look like a Miami Vice? What am I doing? I can't here? pull off cool stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a, there's an attitude that has to go with it. Yes, I don't we don't have it. No. I don't. I don't want it even. No. Like I stopped caring about it. To be honest, when I stopped I sh- caring about how a lot of things. So, so when I shot for uh, the first DVD I ever did, 
was kind of the accidental DVD. It was part of Tim Hawkins' push-pull point pal special. He shot it in Arkansas, and I just started being managed by them. And they said, we want to get like 15 minutes of footage of you. Yeah. Just so we can get some clips to start booking you. And I go, okay. We didn't know it was going to turn into like, they would get 35 minutes of me and turn it into a DVD. It was right. all just like, we'll see how it goes. So they, at that point, had just hired like a cousin of Tim's. Her name is Stacy, and she was so sweet. And she's like a fashion person. Right. She knows all about it. And she had started styling Tim mm-hmm. against his will at first. And then after a while, he was like, I don't look like a boat dad anymore. I look cool. Yeah. Like, I like this stuff. Yeah. She's got good ideas. You know, I was you know, draping this stuff over me, and it was I was wearing stuff way too baggy. And she right. was like, no. So she had very specific opinions. So anyway, she gets involved because I'm the 15-minute guy. But she's like, well, we want you to look your best. She goes, I brought some things. You bring some things from home. I'll bring a few things. She asked me what size I was. I told her. And she brings this stuff. And she goes, to go try some of this on. And I go, well, I've got this shirt, and I really like it. <laughs> and so I walk in, and she gives me these, like, I think they were a size large. At that point, I was probably 265 pounds. Uh-huh. She goes, here's this. And it was a size large, like, polo shirt. Uh-huh. And had stripes all weird and, like, the horizontal stripes, which uh-huh. I would never, ever wear. No. And uh, I go in. And a couple of them I did not come out wearing. Like, I did, she goes, are you done? I go, I just would come back out in my T-shirt. I go, I'm not walking out. Because there was other people uh-huh. standing around the crew and stuff. And I yeah. go, I can already tell you, I'm not wearing this. Because uh-huh. it was just like, you could just see gut. Yeah, I was just like, no. She was like, well, you want, if you're a little bit heavier, you want to wear stuff that, you, if you wear it too blousey, it makes right. you look bigger. And I get that. But when you're doing comedy, you need to feel confident. You're yeah. delivering these lines. And I was taping for the first time ever. Right. I already was in my head. I don't need to also go, do I look like a, the Kool-Aid man in this polo shirt? She didn't understand, and I feel like I offended her a little bit. Stacy, I'm sorry. Did but you ever up, wear one of her outfits? I ended up wearing what I brought, Okay, and I never looked back, baby. So you didn't have your wear a Michael Strahan outfit like I did at Good Morning America? I've done it since then. Like yeah. I've had people go, what if you did this? Or I've taken my own chances along the way. But yeah, generally, I like a black button-up on stage. Yeah. I like dark colors because if I start for some reason I start sweating, I don't want to be wearing something that just shows the sweat. That's a part of it too. If I'm going to be leading worship and speaking that day, mm-hmm. I know I might sweat because it's just so much activity on yeah. the lights and stuff. And so I, I'll kind of think, and I have to think to tuck or not tuck because of all the wires for the microphones right. and all that stuff for the headphones. But I generally wear a blazer now. Sometimes I wear a t-shirt, yeah. jeans, and, and that's a real comedy. A thing. blazer. Yeah. I like a blazer because. Uh, it, I don't get too hot in it. Sometimes you get hotter in a blazer than you would a button up. But I find that I can be meaner in a blazer. Okay. Because people are like, well, he seems to know what he's talking about. He's wearing a suit coat, you know. <laughs> There's something about a guy in a suit coat. Yeah. It, it, you know what I'm saying? You get a little more latitude, I find, yeah. in a church, which I do a lot of churches. So if you're wearing a suit coat, they're like, well, he said mean things about vegetarians, but he seems to know what he's talking he's about. He's got he, a blazer on. Yeah. See, you're already ahead of the gang as you have hair, too. It reminds me of that Simpsons whenever, mm. you know, um, Homer uses that stuff that brings all the hairs back. All of his hairs back. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. All of Each his one. hair back. Yeah. And remember, like, he ends up becoming, like, the top executive in the company. Yeah. That he's been working at his whole life, and suddenly everyone listens to him because he has hair. And then, like, the night before his huge, pre- huge presentation. Sorry, I'm out of practice here, Johnny. <laughs> um, he... 
accidentally spills the stuff on his hair when he's not supposed to, and he wakes up and all of his hair is gone. Yeah. So he's still the same guy, has right. the same notes, walks into the presentation, and people just start leaving halfway through. And yeah. one of them says, what is this? What could this bald man teach us? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, and that's, again, I think you already have hair, and now mm-hmm. a blazer. You're unstoppable. It's, uh, yeah. And I, I think that you're... I think I'm going to run for president. That's all. That's all you need. So. It really get a blazer um, and some hair. I'm going to stay apolitical today. That's fine. You're good. Um, yeah. No. I. I. I the, the sweatpants. Sorry to finish that story. Okay. Go. So I put them on, mm-hmm. and I can tell they're like sausage casings. She's, well, again, the tops fine. Look just regular sweatpants, but down around my ankles. You're used to a baggier cuff. Yeah, and I don't wear sweatpants a lot anyway. Yeah. And she was like. Mm. She's looking so again. Normally, she'll give me like, "You look great," even if I don't. You know, but it really accentuates the leg, the tone, she the lack of about, tone in the leg. She looked for about five minutes, uh-huh. and I was like, "Okay, I, I can tell your lack of your lack of whatever." And finally, she gave in. She goes, "Yeah, I'm sorry, your legs just look too funny. The appearance <laughs> just don't you look need, right. The, the wide cuff gives the appearance that there's a muscular leg under there. Right, that there's a leg at all. I mean, like it's not just like a piece my goatee. Why I'll never shave the goatee. This gives me the appearance of a chin. Oh, uh, absolutely. If I shave this, I'm a Bob's Burger character. Yeah. It just goes from lips to neck. Yeah, buddy. I'm right there with you. So. The facial hair remains. Mm-hmm. Um, I would look either, well, if I had hair, I would look about 20 years younger probably without mm-hmm. facial hair. Yeah. But I don't want, I don't know, Johnny. There'll be a time when that 20 years, you're going to want that back. Yeah, but now with the hair's gone, I can't ever achieve that <sighs> when, without artificial means. So. Bosley. Listen. I'm not. I'm not too proud to say that I did look into some of those things. Did you really? You see the one on like. I don't one remember the, you doing this. I thought you looked into like Rogaine. But I looked into everything. You looked into surgical. I didn't look into it. I googled it. Or oh, whatever. Okay. But w- w- like I would be on the sports radio. Once you saw the price, you were like, "That's enough of that." Hey, vanity <laughs> is not worth it. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm kind of like, if there was a simple path, yeah. I'm not even willing to pay some money for it. And they were like, the guy on the radio is like, "I have all my hair back." It only requires me to go every day for 45 minutes during my lunch break for a special laser treatment. I'm like, you got to do what? I think he does it like two times a week, three times a week. He has to go for an hour on his lunch break. Like for how long? For the rest of his life? Yes, as long as you want the hair to stay. Just to maintain the hair? What if I go on a two-week trip? All my hair just falls out? Or I have to go, I have to find some Bosley's branch in Italy or something? Yeah, a heck of a vacation, wouldn't it? I'm like, man, it's It's like you wake up one day, all your hair's on your pillow. I will just tell you this. Not having hair? Mm-hmm. Look, I can take a nap right now and no one would ever know. Yeah. Like, they wouldn't know. Like, used to, in a sunny afternoon, you fall asleep, you know, you're like, ah, oh, look, look, so disheveled now. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, nope, I just look disheveled all the time. Yeah. You it's can't a permanent tell. state of, it's a static state of dishevelment. It's like, is John giving the presentation or is he drunk? We can't tell. His yeah. hair doesn't get messed up. You know what I'm saying? Either yeah. Way. So disheveled is your default. It is. Default Default dishevelment. It's dot uh, com by John C. Driver. We're gonna buy that domain at the with end of the Johnny W. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. You're doing great though. Yeah, well, you're I, doing so great. John. Well, you think? No, no I don't think so. No, but it's no. fine. No, what I lack in hair on my head, mm-hmm. it's coming out of my ears now. Does that happen to you? Yeah, and the nose. What's that about? If you uh, listen, let me just say this, and I think John Acuff said this one time. If you know someone. Uh, no, it said if you're if you're a man in your forties, you have hair coming out of your nose and ears, and the people around you are afraid to tell you about it. It's happening. Please take care of it. Yeah, everybody knows that person. That's like he doesn't know. He doesn't know. This is. 
I have hair that will grow. It's almost it's almost descending into his mouth. This nose hair. Please, yeah, take care of you it. Gotta do, you gotta you deal gotta gotta take care of it. You got to deal with it. Um, you shouldn't be almost touching your nose hair with your lips. No, that's a problem. You need to see. Yeah, that's not what it's Bosley's, mingling with the mustache. Bosley's did not intend that. Maybe they take that hair and they put it on the. That's a transplant. They're very right hardy. There, they're very hardy hair. Oh yeah. It's probably a different kind of follicle, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a scientist. Um, no. You're not even close, actually. No. So. Um, no. I don't know anything about the sciences or DNA. I listen to this. I almost went on Paxlovid when I got COVID, right? Uh, so my doctor advised me not to go on Paxlovid because he said, you isn't know. is Paxlovid? That's a Paxlovid, Paxlovid. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, he goes, um, you know, my doctor is a little bit of a. He's a. It's a walk-in clinic, so he's a little bit of a whatever. He's on the. Okay, fr- I don't see why you're disparaging he's walk-in clinics. He's on the doctors. fringe, on the fringes of, and he has got some opinions that I'm like, all right, just give me my antibiotics, let me get out of here. But I asked him about the Paxil because I was like, what? If, I have asthma, hmm. and I was like, what if I have a severe case? Luckily, yeah. I didn't. But he goes, I don't advise it. He goes, the side effects can be really bad, and he goes, and you know the this medicine it it technically changes your DNA, it alters your DNA. No, he didn't. And I go. That. I just immediately was like disappointed with him and disappointed with medicine in general. And second of all, like they've said, they said that about the vaccine. They said about this. It's like, first of all, what's so great about my DNA? What am I hanging on to? You know what I mean? Have you seen my family history? <laughs> Could we alter my Can DNA? we? Please sign me up. Oh, uh, that's funny. I don't know. <laughs> What's so great about my DNA? That's funny. What are if you, these people that say this? A lot of times you're like, "What are you hanging on to?" Yeah, no kidding. Can, I'd love to have some change in. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. We can alter the future family history. Yeah. So we can do it, John. Together. Mm, mm. I don't know. Hey, well, let me address the uh, the the. Um, John and I are breaking up, guys. This is the last <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's really like. <laughs> We were gone for two weeks, and that was my fault, so I apologize It's not your that. fault. Well, yeah, I'm the cause. How about that? Okay. Um, yeah, you can accept that. So I've had a pretty decent-sized health scare that actually was just resolved yesterday before this recording, um, so I'm still kind of like reeling and dealing you know, with it all, but um, – Basically, I think I told you guys I had pneumonia is what they Yeah, we talked about that on the yeah. show. You had the cough, and if I cough, it's because of this, and right. nag- nagging cough that went for on for like a month or so. Yeah, and so they they did a uh, x-ray you know, to discover the pneumonia, and then after like two rounds of antibiotics, which, which was now three total, mm-hmm. they came back with a second x-ray and said that it had remained unchanged. And that's when they began using terms like, Hey, there's a chance that this is some residual pneumonia or something else, or it could be a mass of some sort. We can't rule that out. So I yeah. started hearing mass about, I don't know, maybe a month ago, maybe a little less. And so they ordered a, a CAT scan with contrast because they wanted to not just keep pumping me full of antibiotics. And then it basically came back and just verified the ambiguity again. Yeah. Like, okay, once again, there is, and now they use the term, there is a consolidation yeah. of some sort in your left upper lung that we're not sure what it is. Um, and there's also an enlarged lymph node there. Yeah. So at that point, they referred me to a pulmonologist. And guys, I'm just going to tell you, I mean, Johnny knows he's here for the whole thing. But I mean, like, this, this has gotten super scary. Like, there were times, because I came down with shingles in the middle of that right. as well. Um 
And so there were things happening physically that were like, man, something's not right. Here. Yeah. Body's um, fighting something. You're yeah. falling apart. Yeah. So, you know, Laura and I have been on quite a journey and, and we um, kind of, you know, protected Sadie from a lot of what was happening. She just knew how to cough and everything because we didn't have anything to tell. We didn't know yeah. what to tell her. But it was it was especially a few weeks there of I think we were both pretty certain there was something really wrong happening. Well, and you and I were both like overthinkers anyway. And then when you have something to really actually worry about, it's yeah. like it goes into high gear, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I'm a, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm both negative and positive. I'm, I'm positive yeah. about people, but I'm not very positive about outcomes of situations. Usually, you know, mm-hmm. I just I'm more of a realist there. So we went. We were able, and it was that was part of the the true blessing of all this, you know, usually it could take a couple of weeks to get into a pulmonologist. We were able to get in in like two days. He gave my name. I was like, Johnny W sent me. And yeah. he was like, I'm going into your lung right now. Yeah. Uh, I was like, wow. Uh, it was amazing. But he, we met with him. He read the CT scan and basically came to the same, the same sort of conclusion. He was like, look, this could be scar tissue. This could be some residual pneumonia. This could be a mass. It could be malignant. We really don't know. Yeah. I said, well, what's your concern factor, worry factor on a one to 10? He's like four, five, six. He's like, I'm right in the middle. Probably mm, can't tell. That's not good. No. Uh, so you want him to say one, right? You want to be like, you know, George Costanza said, get out of here. You want to get the get out of here. I say, is it cancer? Get out of <laughs> here. here. Yeah. You know, I told him, I was like, you know, I just, you know, he's a well only way to really know is yeah. for us to go in and do what's called a bronchoscopy. So they're going to go, they went into my lungs this was last Thursday, um, put me to sleep completely. I'm intubated into my lung. And um, basically they put a scope down to visualize. He think you know, he thought if he could visualize it, he can kind of see what it is. And he was a triple board certified guy. He's been doing this for years. Yeah. So he can kind of see. And then they would take some samples, biopsy parts of it and biopsy parts of that lymph node and um so that happened last thursday we went in super early so this is why we haven't had i just haven't felt very well and i'm still kind of coughing a lot but yeah. my my symptoms begin to subside in fact the morning of my little procedure um like i wasn't coughing anymore you know at that point mm-hmm. but still kind of had that heaviness of the chest i just you know we weren't sure what was happening so and we i got on antivirals for the shingles and all that stuff and those kind of resolved pretty quickly as well they're on my face though i think i may have some slight scarring <laughs> that they're not going oh away. really yeah but um so anywho um lots of people were praying for us and, and lots of friends coming around and it was you know it, it was the scariest time I think of our adult life. It was very like, oh, well, I'm 43 with a 14 year old, and um, you know, something's not right here. Yeah. Know? And um, so we walked that out together, and um, woke up, and he, my wife, told me he came in, and I talked to him yesterday. So the initial findings were that it was scar tissue, mm-hmm. that it looked like scar tissue to him. So some sort of some sort of past event. Uh, pneumonia or something that my body had fought and you know it just had left scar tissue um that that's the mass he could not visualize another mass or something there yeah. that's that was great news and then we had to wait then for the biopsy to come back from the right. pathologist and so that took it was a holiday weekend and everything and uh, i had to spit up blood for a few days after the procedure and all that was not right. too much fun and pretty tired and weary we drove to st louis and back and it was fine but I got fatigued here and there. And I, you mm-hmm. know, I think I'm about over that part now. But, um, you know, basically um, he called yesterday and he was like, look, you know, he was just scar tissue. I had a hard time even getting a sample. So, like, kind of tough, tough stuff in yeah. there. But even the lymph node came back. Everything looks normal. Um, 
And yeah, so crazy. Yeah, I mean, just we're just so grateful. Yeah, I mean, God does God. not owe me another anything. Like I'm, I'm aware of that, and so I did ask for this, but it, you know, I, I'm also aware lots of people don't get good calls, and we were kind of expecting at least a more complex, probably path forward. It doesn't mean if we got a bad, if we got a, got a cancer diagnosis or something, it doesn't mean that was the end. Yeah, it just means there's a path forward here. You know, right? It's more complicated that, that you know. So I think um, I want to always live aware of my mortality. I don't think there's probably a day that goes by because since Laura almost died when I was, we were young, you know, and, and, and mm-hmm. engaged, you know, we, we think about it and talk about it a lot. You know, we're also 22 years now into marriage and right smack dab in the middle of volleyball season and all kinds of things that this is our time, you know, with our, our kid. And so it was yeah. one of those just requests, Hey, you know, God, you know, if, if it's pleasing to you, I'd love to, to, keep having that time, you know, and be here. Plus I have an only child and all these things. I mean, it is fascinating how this is not altruistic or selflessness. I think it's just this age. Like I literally could only think about them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're kind of like, well, I've got, you know, I've had a good, this has been a great life. You know, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's weird when you're young, how, maybe you think differently, but maybe it's just being a dad and a husband, but it was just like, yeah, no, this is really, you know, please God don't, you know, just let me, you don't owe it to me, but if you let right. me be here to, to serve and be a part of, of, of that journey together. So, yeah. So it's a little raw. I told you today at lunch, like, I don't, you don't just like, it's great relief. And also like your body keeps score still like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You're still re- reeling from it. There's a ripple effect and the time. Yeah. The time that you're in that un- uncertainty, it'll, it'll linger even after you get the the relief. You still yeah. have that like you feel that heaviness of like, this could have been it, but it wasn't, but I still feel that, that, uh, whiplash from it. Yeah. Cause it was, it was a big, and plus I was still physically sick in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So then every symptom of your sickness. Yeah. You, you added on to the list. Very like, Oh, is this meaningful? Is this significant? Mm-hmm. Is this something, you know? Um, and yeah. you know, thank God, just thank God it wasn't. I mean, and, and so, yeah, I mean, so hey, you know, sorry guys, we missed a few weeks, and and um, you know, but it was it's been a weird time. Probably could have tried it. <laughs> we almost tried it one day, and I was like, dude, I just don't have it. I mean, I'd have been like, well, and we talk about everything that's going on in our lives in the moment, and it's hard to be vulnerable and talk about something when you still don't have the answers either. Right. You would have been tempted to talk about it, yeah. and then we didn't really know for sure that it was going to be a positive outcome. So then it's strange to just put it out there. Yeah, and I'm still trying to protect my daughter in terms of I don't right. want her catching something to worry about before. Um, and we don't hide mortality or issues and things like that. But it's just a lot, it was a, it's a lot for us to carry. It's the unknown. Yeah. So if there was something to tell, we were ready to tell, you know. Uh, and thank God that you know there was not. Um, and that I go back in six months for a follow up. Yeah. Uh, they'll do another CT scan just to make sure, you know. But he was pretty confident um, that that's what it was, and that the scar tissue is not anything that affects me, like. There's no lung capacity issue. It's just, you know, a normal, it's just the way my body hasn't, I guess, has that. And who knows how many years that's been in there. Um, so now we have chest x-rays and CT scans and other things to juxtapose against in the future. So, you know, he said that if I, if I had an x-ray from two years ago and you already had this, we wouldn't be worrying about this. Yeah, you know symptoms, that it, yeah. you know, but so, but yeah, anyway, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot to think about, talk about, write about probably, um, this will end up being three books. Dude, just I'm going to tell you something. Come on, John. I joked a few times, but the Tim McGraw songs just oh, right. stick in your mind. 
like when do we go skydiving and Rocky Mountain climbing together? It is very clarifying. Mm-hmm. It is everything is very clarifying. And what, what you know, there's a, a quote that you know nothing clears the mind so marvelously than a lack of choices. You know, yeah. When things, I mean. I won't say the little things stop mattering because, like, we were yeah. having volleyball issues and stuff during that, you know, school issues, just normal teenage stuff that we're just, you know, trying to get through the season mm-hmm. and all. Those still felt very big, and you yeah. know, the kid's life is still a big deal. But you, it you, narrows your focus immediately. Yeah. You're just like survival, right? Yeah. And then for me, there's a real like maybe this is probably my seven wing, but like this sense of the only sadness again is for for them, and then for. um the things I miss with people around me that I love moving forward, that I don't get to experience with them. Mm-hmm. You know, the church is in an exciting place right now. There's a lot of new things happening, a lot of new staff coming on board. And the idea, like, that I don't get to experience, because we've been through a lot, you know. And yeah. I, I want to enjoy those things with people around me, you know, moving forward. Um, you know, it's a – I mean, I'm thinking through that's, – that's the funny part, the way our brains work. I'm thinking through who gets what. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're thinking through all this stuff, you know. What was I going to get just to be – I don't know if I want to say. I don't want to immediately get into the – Well, I started thinking, you know – Were you going to make a video I and might, like – I did my, think about making a video. To my friend Johnny. I'm making a video. If you're watching this, you get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just – and then an evil laugh. <laughs> Eat it, sucker. I – I had that thought. You give me something I didn't even want. I give you my keyboard. I'm like, I don't, I don't even, even play. play. Yeah. What are you doing? No, you'd probably get my guitar. Okay. Who else is going to play it? And you've always liked it. That's true. I do you like your guitar. Um, I thought about you know I thought about giving you my truck, but there's probably other people who need the truck. Laura may need the truck. What is that supposed to mean? I'm not manly enough to have your truck. No, but you borrow the there's truck. People who'd actually use it. Yeah, people who like do stuff with their hands and don't just work <laughs> on a comedy stage. No, I just think like you're always like, yeah, I wish I had a truck because you know you need to just run stuff once every two weeks to the dump or you're planting a tree, you're doing stuff, and you don't need a truck all the time, you know. But I can't Johnny, this. I'm more of a man, so right. I have a truck. Forgot and, about this. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it, it's a. I just. I, mean, I thought there's other people though. Look, if you really needed a truck, you would just go get it. You know what I'm saying? I would get it from the person who you leave it to. <laughs> Be like, hey, uh, I need to borrow John's truck. John, uh, before everything went down, he said to me, "I'm going to leave this truck to you," but. You know that Johnny can use any time he wants. <laughs> he wrote me a note, and I like forged it. That'd be great. Well, you couldn't tell with my handwriting. It'd be easy. That's to true. Forge. Just scribble something. You're like, what is this? Uh, <sighs> yeah. It was, it was crazy, man. Crazy times. So I'm sure we'll talk about it more. But yeah, it's uh, there. We go. We're we need to go Rocky Mountain climbing though. Mm, Two point seven seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. The end of that song is the bull bucks him off, and he dies from that. That was the yeah. That was the twist. That's I wasn't the sad, expecting. the saddest part. And then the doctor's like, "These tests, you actually were fine." <laughs> He's in like a vegetative state from being on a bull, and being bucked into the air. That's not great. Oh, it's a sad song. It I is. made it a sad song. You did. You did. Yeah. <laughs> Over the corner, Jr. is laughing. He, he is. Like, <laughs> that's what you get. That's, that's what you get in Dallas. Well, I'm glad you're uh, still uh, kicking around here, John. We're not done with you yet, buddy. No. We got a lot of plans. Yeah, man. I mean, again, hey. Anything, uh, I know. It's all still uncertain. We're all on a collision course with mortality. Uh, we don't have to. That's, that goes without saying, John. Yeah. It's good to say it sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Life is a swirling, sucking eddy of despair, <laughs> surrounded by moments of false hope. Is that what you want? <laughs> no, it's great. It's great that you're still here. And, man, it was a scary time, and I'm so glad that you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, And I'll get your truck eventually. Eventually. 
It's way easier now. You don't have to pay insurance on it right now. I pay the insurance and you get to use it until you want. That's great. So I got some junk I need to. That's, yeah. If you could. If you ever do get it, you know that dent I had fixed in the back right Uh um, quarter panel? Yeah. That bond that was starting to rust. So maybe get that replaced. I'm not really a maintenance guy with my vehicles. Just leave it. I just kind of let it ride. Because this is a 1996. You're going to want to. This is like a collector's edition. Um, that's what we call it. You knew the kind of person I was when you left me that truck, John. <laughs> you knew all my faults if and I flaws. If I look down from heaven and that truck is not well cared for, <laughs> so help me. I always, it was funny, it always, uh, you know, I don't think I can speak to people who have died. But I do think I can speak to the one who can speak to people who have died. Okay. So, like, I really have that, like, sometimes I'll be thinking about my dad and I'll be like, Cause I don't think there's anything weird about that at all. Yeah. Like, well, he's talking to Jesus, and I'm talking to right. Jesus. Hey, pass a message along to my dad. You know, like that I miss. Him yeah, because you don't. You know? want him to be able to see you, but you want him to always be able to. Not see Not always. You. I don't want to watch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. don't want your dad to be like, "Well, there's John on the toilet. Heaven's not as great as I thought it'd be." <laughs> like this, it needs to be a selective. I don't think he can see me. I don't think that's what it means. Like the yeah. Living Bible says, "From the grandstands of heaven," I think, or whatever. But. And then the more literal translation is we're yeah. surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. I don't think it means like they're literally witnessing. Yeah. But they're. They have been witnesses to. Right. To right. the faithfulness of God. And right. now they're participating in right. the glory of God. And you get to be that as well. But not that like. When I was a kid, I'd read that. It was like they're sitting there watching with popcorn. Like, right. Um, they're like, John, really? A fourth Kit Kat? <laughs> That's what you're doing? <laughs> You ate the entire half gallon exactly. of ice cream, and I did. My dad would be like, I died of heart disease. What are you, crazy? Can you please change your DNA? Do anything you can to <laughs> alter your DNA. I died at 58 of a heart attack. Please do something about your DNA. Go to the walk-in clinic yeah. and get this pill. Oh, yeah. that's great. That's great. Anyway, Paxlovid, not a sponsor. Yeah. And you know what, listener? We're kind of like the walk-in clinics of podcasts. Don't you think? I think we are. Like, you can just show up, right? and we don't have to have all of your history. You don't have to have our history. You just kind of jump in on this episode. We don't even give you, like, a clipboard to fill out no. while you wait. No, we don't you require have to that. sign things in triplicate. Listen, total self-pay allowed here, which uh-huh. you can we do won't judge you for that. At, our, at our website. That's true. Our Patreon is like a little self-pay. It is. Uh, we don't you know, take you insurance don't, don't feel obligated, but if you wanted to help out to help us make fine quality content like this, uh, for all of our listeners, you can go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com where all of our over 200 episodes are archived. You can listen to those on your nice family trips. Uh, a lot of people binge those. We see a lot of the downloads going up. That's really great. Thanks for listening. But you can click on our Patreon. That's where you could kick in a few shekels if you feel so inclined. Don't feel like you need to. Yeah. Uh, but if you need to, that'd be great. If yeah. you feel like you want to. But um, that's great. And then you can see uh, our link trees are there. Yeah. That's uh, how you find us on socials and all that. I put out new videos probably two or three times a week now. So that's really that's really cranked up my production of content. So I'm an influencer now, John. Johnny's doing a lot of influencing. Uh, it's, it's not positive. No, it's bad influence. Yeah. It's a bad influence. But. but I'm out there. And so you can find all that uh, on my link tree. John, you can find out of all his newest book projects. Find those. Support those. Leave a rating. If you would, that helps other people find John's books. Yeah, yeah. You can go to Amazon, Liberating. Uh, all of you out there who I've done the free book giveaway for Not So Black and White, if you haven't left that review and or rating yet on Amazon, please uh, head on over there and 
you know, let us know what you think. Also, you can go to our at our podcast page on Apple, especially. We'd love for you to leave us a five star review there. That really helps a lot. People yeah. to hear more about the podcast. There are exciting podcast things. We probably would have already announced a little bit, but kind of got behind here on uh, my health. Coming scare. soon, though. Yeah. We do have. We're not just. We're not just being those people that are teasing something. Yeah. It's really. It's something cool is coming down yeah. the pike. So something, something pretty cool. Hang in there. Yeah. Devoted listeners. Yeah. And first time listeners. Yeah. If you're a first time listener, listen, go back in those archives, man. And uh, I, w- I always advise starting from present moving backwards. Oh, that's a good idea. I think I, I like that. So, yeah. Um, it's like going back in time, you know, as opposed to starting from the beginning of time. You don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So, anywho. Well, guys, thanks a lot for giving us uh, this time again. And we look forward to doing it again next week. Let's talk about that. A crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Katherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.